Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Have you ever hunted the conservation order for light geese? Well, if not, if so, hang around because we're going to talk about it. We're right in the middle of it. A group of us are down in southeast Missouri, and we've been, we actually hunted today at Grounded Gander Guide Service out of Malden, Missouri with Terry Middlestat. And guys, it was quite an experience. We had some old timers, some first timers, and some I don't know if we'll ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I expect you all will, but on the program today, glad to hear have here, of course, Cody Lucas. He's the host of the Living the Dream Outdoors TV show. We've got Joe Honer. He's with Outdoor Vigilantes. We've got Chef Johnny Graham from Rebel Catering Company up in Jefferson City, Missouri. Welcome, guys. A couple of your first-timers to this show. Uh, Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Hey, glad to have you here, all of you. And, of course, Johnny Graham, I heard him just recently on, on a competition podcast. Oh yeah, I did, uh, <laughs> Driftwood Outdoors. Spend a little time talking with Brandon Butler a yeah. few weeks ago. Yeah, Brandon Butler does a great podcast, by the way. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. And you got to watch him, Joe, because he'll call you out like that right, right here live <laughs> on air. He didn't say a word, but we got on the air. <laughs> hey, we're all about having a good time, especially in the outdoors. We always say that we're living a dream. But boy, I tell you what, it was some cold dreams out there today, wasn't it? Oh, oh what was the temperature? Well, when we went out, it was uh, 23 and it can, or 27, and it dropped to like 21, I think, by noon. And the winds was, I don't know, 10, 15 mile an hour, which made it feel like three above. And then it started warming up about the time we were ready to head out. <laughs> the, the dream was of a warm shower and a yeah. palm tree somewhere in the yeah. not so distant future. Absolutely. But I don't think any of you guys are really heavy experienced snow goose hunters. Is that correct? That is correct. That was only my second time I'd ever been. My first okay. time. First timer. Yep. Well, always great time. How about you, John? Uh, my second as well. I spent a long weekend up in Mound City a few years ago. <laughs> a long weekend? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It was just as cold and not as many geese. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. My first time, I laid out there a half hour before daylight till a half hour after dark or whatever and never fired a shot <laughs> laying on that cold ground. Yeah. So today was a lot better, all that shooting we got to do. I'm not going to talk about how much shooting we did. <laughs> well, it's not a matter of how much shooting you did. It's how many times you connected. That's well, that's kind of what I was getting at. I'm not going to count my shells compared to how many geese we I think had. we scared a lot of geese today. We scared did. a lot of geese. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great part of it because this is almost home for me. I was raised in Missouri, Boot Hill. I, I don't Oh, I'm probably was raised 60 miles east from here, closer to the Mississippi River, but never waterfowl hunting my whole life. Our farm used to get covered up with them. We didn't pay attention to them because we were we were rabbit hunters and coon hunters, you know. And I actually didn't get into waterfowl hunting till I was in college, and now I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. But snow geese, you know, the conservation order started today. That's uh, 
February the 7th, and it runs through the end of April. Pretty long season. We were laughing. We can actually go turkey hunting and snow goose hunting on the same day, I guess. You know? Yeah, right. We'll be coming down here to turkey hunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what a great time. These guys put on a pretty good show today. We had kind of a makeshift blind. You know, I've been accustomed to being in the layout Blinds, you know, and sure. uh, kind of like they call them coffin blinds. Say, There's a like reason me. for that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's great, great fun. But it, it was a little different today. I, I, I think my rear end looks like a lid of a pickle bucket or something. <laughs> we, I was going to say, yeah, my my painter's bucket. I got a mark on my tail, but yeah. But uh, had plenty of room, stretched out, and covered good. It was brushed in nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a ton of fun. Boy, it was like a barrel of monkeys in that <laughs> line. A lot of laughing and joking and teasing going on. But, uh, Cody, you guys got on the scoreboard pretty quick. You know, that was something. It was funny because we were, like you said, cutting up and having a good time in there. And we were talking about how, because Joe and I started talking and said, that's not going to block much wind. We're going to freeze to death. And we were shocked when we got in there how much wind it did deflect. And uh, so we're in there just kind of cutting up and talking about how, how it was blocking the wind. And all of a sudden, one of you in jail, or Seth, says, here comes one locked up right here, right now. Yeah, I'm, one goose. Yeah, and I, and I thought, what? And I looked up, and there was one lone goose. I mean, we hadn't been there no time. And it come locked in. I mean, it was going to land right out the Regardless, front. Regardless, I think, you know. I, hey, I felt like a little kid on his very first turkey hunt, little six-year-old boy. I was going to shoot so bad. I was following him, and I kept thinking, say something, say something, because I never shot one, you know. And, and finally, he goes, Boys, go ahead if you want to kill it. <laughs> I was already shooting before he even got half of that out. I was hoping he was saying shoot. You know? were, were you outboying Joe to get him to shoot? Shoot. All I had my eyes on was uh, that goose. Uh, <laughs> and then I looked right at him and said, did you shoot? He said, no. Nope. Yeah, but I got to hand it to him. Good guide, you know, or our good yeah. buddy Tom Wilcox was on that right end. I'm surprised he didn't kill it right off the bat. But uh, – Guy had held off. He weighed that goose, really got the middle spread, so yep. everybody had the opportunity to shoot if they wanted to, you know. Yep. I think everybody did. If you guys all oh, told yeah. the truth, I think everybody emptied their guns at that poor one goose, you know. <laughs> but, hey, the lights went out for him pretty quick. I couldn't believe old Tom Wilcox didn't didn't pot shoot us on that one. I, I was shocked. He's oh, a game I, hog. I, I, thought he was I was just waiting for the shots. I was just a couple of guys from him. I thought, oh, Tom is going to wax this and buddy, and he's going to laugh at the rest of us, you know. Yeah. Of course, all I was shooting was a camera I never missed. Yeah, well, hey, I did a couple times, I think. <laughs> we'll see when we I look at we the footage. Misses with the cameras. Yes. <laughs> camera's looking one way, the geese started coming from the other. Oh, well, every yeah. time I turned my, my, I had my camera system set up out front over the spread, and they kept coming in from behind. Yeah. And he'd say, take them. Well, then I'm spinning around. I was like, I might as well forget the camera because I got And then I turned around one time, I didn't know Joe Honer was so flexible. I looked over at him because I looked behind me. I didn't see him. And, I, and then I looked back in front of me. I looked at Joe, and Joe's back of his head was almost on the ground. He had that barrel stuck straight up in there, and I thought, what is he doing? And I looked up, and there boy, he was, he was hammering. Yeah, he was he was a shooter. Well, I know when we go to look at the videos, I know it's going to look like geese just fell out of the sky because I, could, I couldn't find them. I'm, uh, I, I, I see them falling, and I get on them then, you know, and the, the gunshots are already gone. Well, Everybody's going to think they got struck by lightning or something. <laughs> or or, or uh, Johnny Graham flew through there with his plane, knocked him down, <laughs> knocked him into propellers or something, knocked him down for us. I was asking him about that today. Of course, we talked about Johnny's quite the chef, you, you know, and we all like to hunt and fish run around the countryside. He's a pilot as well. And we actually discussed that. You know, do you ever see snow geese when you're, <laughs> when you're up there in that plane? And I think he's seen a lot of other things. He told me he saw an eagle. At how I many saw an feet? Eagle almost, I don't know. I mean, it seemed it seemed like 10 feet. I'm sure it was probably 30, 40. I hope it yeah, was but 30. how high? Oh, 4,000 feet. Uh, no, sorry, 
5,500. Yeah. Wow. Right around over Boonville. Eagles. I didn't know they flew that high, but I guess there's a lot of things we don't know, you know. But again, a good time out there. Go ahead, Johnny. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. I was just saying I did read a story about some guy up in in South Dakota getting a snow goose through the front of his – front of his Piper Cub flying <laughs> season, so uh, I won't fly at night in the flyway. <laughs> that would wake you up, wouldn't it? Oh, wouldn't thing it? land in your lap. Oh, we'll, that, that'd we'll be up. a bad deal. Well, it didn't take long though. number two geese hit the ground. Yeah, and you know what was funny? Because it come in as a single, too. <laughs> it come in, all them guns, it looked like a battleship, all them barrels coming out the portholes on that thing. <laughs> that, that poor old goose didn't have a chance. I was laughing. Oh, but quite fun. But we saw... I, how many thousands oh. of geese do you think today? Oh, my goodness. We wasn't exactly on their flyway today. Not, yeah. Not as many as our neighbors. There's yeah. yeah we heard a, heard a lot of shooting. They had to, to take the... that ammo in on dollies. I think somebody hey, flew those over guys, and them ammo. Those guys were probably the reason you can't find the ammo anywhere. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they bought it all up uh, ahead of time. But what a great time. But uh, I got to brag on myself. I feel like I killed more geese than any other single hunter out there. Because, you know, we went to lunch, we come back, and I, I kind of wished them out of the sky. <laughs> we we no more got out there, and the guy's out putting out uh, more decoys, and uh, he got to holler, somebody bring a gun. Somebody, <laughs> a, a cripple had, I guess, flown in and fell yeah. out right over. He's wanting some buddies, I guess. In our spread. In our spread. So Johnny Graham went got out. Got my and, first one of the day. Hey, <laughs> assisted. But I claimed it. Called to action. I don't blame you. You saw it. Yeah. You saw it. It wasn't long till they hollered. There's another one. Yep. The dog brought that one out. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Dog found that one. And all, all we can figure out is, you know. The neighbors there. Neighbors shot them, and they made it to our spread and fell out. Well, you know, Bill. I got to say kudos to you as well, because one thing that you've taught me bringing me along on this waterfowl stuff is how hard that is to film. I have filmed bear hunting, deer hunting, turkey hunting, you name it. I have filmed it. And, and it's always, you know, it's it can be cantankerous at times and tough, but but there's ways of getting it done. And you showed me on that very first. I got there, and I was I didn't know what to think. I was like, how in the world am I going to? And you have to just about have a guy there like what you've been. I, I've been blessed to have you with me because you're, you're willing to give up the gun and take the camera, and you're, and you're making it happen for us. And, and there's something to be said about that. There ain't too many guys leave that gun leaning there and grab that well, camera. Well, it's, it's like it's, you know, that camera don't cook kick near as hard as those three or three and a half inch <laughs> magnum shells and i've been injured a number of times in my lifetime hey. i have some aches and pains and those three three inch magnums make you hurt and you mm. know here's the thing too see you don't have to clean no geese either that's exactly right <laughs> <laughs> and you get to help eat them though that's the best part yeah, see? Yeah. You hey know? you gotta feed the cameraman can't see, let him get hungry uh-uh. All you young guys, listen, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, what do you think about your first time yeah, you snow goose hunting? I actually learned a lot because I've never done it before, and it's very different because you can't predict on how they're coming in like you can in the woods with the deer. And yeah. So it's very hard to get on. And right when you think you're going to have them in the middle, they come up behind you. Yeah. Or they'll turn. You'll yeah. get ready to shoot them in yeah. the front, and they'll get in the wind and go around and yeah. come around and lock up and come ready in for them straight, them straight, straight up above you. And they're yeah. right. Yeah. Well, well what do you guys think about the speckle bellies? I don't want anyone talking mm-hmm. about it. I think we got here 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they knew that yesterday yeah. was the last yeah, day. Yeah, they went out. We had speckabellies all over. Dozens and dozens of them coming. Hey, but that made good filler film, you know, and it, oh, still just breathtaking to I'm see. I'm glad that you veterans was with us. 
Because I'd have been hammering them. They yeah. got days coming in, and I Looks said, like a snow I said, look at well, yeah. Everybody said, whoa, 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 whoa. It's yeah. very tempting because, mm-hmm. you know, they call them the filet mignon of the sky. They were really I'm glad you evening. told me that after we were done hunting. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wasn't tempted. See. Well, I didn't want to tell you you were shooting sky carp. <laughs> <laughs> you know what everybody says? It, but I like them. I like eating them rascals. Uh, so, yeah. Well, if I work on them pretty heavy, I like them. But straight out of the package, they're rough. Well, I'll be. <laughs> Yeah. They, they are. But see, I got this this guy here. I've been taking lessons from Johnny that, Graham. Johnny Graham. Uh, he's going to teach me how to do that before we leave here. Well, you <laughs> notice Johnny Graham. Now he's a true conservationist. I love this guy because I love what he did today. We, you know, are accustomed to just taking the breast out of these geese. And of course, sometimes you kill so many of them, you don't know what to do with them. A lot of the guys are really hardcore. Uh, they make uh, sausage out of a lot yep. of these things. But hey, you form an assembly line. Of two tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you brush those things out right quick. But Johnny Graham was picking up those carcasses and, and taking the leg quarters yep. out of them. And Johnny, what are you going to do with those? You know, I I went on a pheasant hunt with my dad last year in South Dakota, and uh, we we took all I, I took all the legs. <laughs> um, I took them home, cured them, uh, cooked them slow slowly in olive oil after marinating for a couple of days, and what we call a confit, not a true confit because I wouldn't cook them in their own fat, but. I'm going to try something like that with these guys as well. I may put a little smoke on them afterwards, but it's just almost like a pulled pork consistency, and um, wow. I'm yet to, I've yet to do it with snow goose, so I don't know what the flavor is going to be, but it'll be worth be a something try. New. Yeah. A- absolutely. And, you know, I've done that for years at turkey camps. Go to a lot of media camps, and guys will jerk the jerk the breasts out, and, you know, turkey leg's pretty good size, oh, no size. Yeah. you got a couple pounds. Yeah, and I always razz the guys. I say, oh, I'm calling conservation agents. This is wanton <laughs> waste of game. You know? <laughs> Nobody ever buys it. But I wind up with a lot of turkey legs, so not, not a bad deal at all. But snow goose hunting, man, this conservation order, and the reason behind it is probably 40 years ago in this part of the world, the Midwest and the South, the agricultural practices changed. Started Everybody started growing a lot more grain to feed the world. And these snow geese coming, I, you know, I grew up down here. I didn't see a snow goose growing up. I mean, I know there were a few around. I heard guys talk about them. But they started feeding up so well here in the Midwest and South. They'd go back north. They nest in the Arctic region. And uh, they were in such good shape, such good health, they had started having larger clutches. And so the populations just exploded. And, and now you heard the conversations today with different people we've met and talked to, the guides. And a lot of farmers hate these things because the snow geese are grubbers. They use their beak and the, some teeth that they have, and, and they take the whole plant out. They get the root and all. And uh, so that it's gotten so extreme, the population so big, that you can look at aerial photographs of, of their breeding grounds, and they've already destroyed a third of their breeding grounds. And the farmers down here hate them, so they came up with a conservation order. It's kind of cool if you like to shoot because yeah. mm-hmm. you can take the plugs out of your gun, use electronic collars, and you can kill all of them you want. No limit. Yeah, that's, no that's limit. Turned, turned it into a management Now, how many species? things can you hunt where there's no limit? All right, that's kind of deceiving <laughs> because you think, man, that's great, you know. And I've heard of a few guys that really know how to hunt them, very experienced, and they may kill 300 in a day's time. But uh, that don't happen that often. Might be a little bit of luck involved on a day like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, these things are extremely smart. You notice the guy that had out a 1,000 decoys, and then they put out another 200, I think. Mm-hmm. you got to have at least a 1,000 decoys to get these guys they to look at you. Yeah, no, they they're, they're, they're smart. And they live up to 30 years. I think the record's like 32 years on a banded uh, 
the goose that uh, somebody killed. But you know, you know, there's a few out there that live longer than that. Well, yeah. And in comparison, Canada's uh, really old. Canada to be 15 years. I, th- I think again, the guy had told me that the oldest one was in 20 something. You know, but still, for a goose to live 30 years, he's seen a lot of things uh-huh. in his lifetime coming down the flyway. So they are difficult to hunt. So don't think you're just going to walk out there and whack them because it's not going to happen. I highly advise you to go the first time. Hire a guide. They got the equipment. Hey, they got the know-how. They got the dogs. We saw some fine dog dog work today. Great dogs. Oh, wasn't it fun? But uh, there's a lot involved there. But I would encourage you to uh, uh, give it a try at least once in a lifetime. Help out. They're wanting this population reduced by half. And the conservation order has been in for over 20 years. We haven't. Put touched them, have yeah. not put a den in them. And it's a great species that ties all the other hunting seasons together. What's traditionally a dead time in our year, you know, exactly. once, once on Good February fifteenth, you know, there's exactly. no more squirrel, no yep. more rabbit, goose is over. Snow geese gets into turkey season, then we're back. To, <laughs> we're back and, to and I tell you what, again. if you can pick, a, if you can kill a pickup load of them, you got enough to make a lot of down pillows. And remember the old, <laughs> the old goose down mattresses. You know, oh, my yeah. grandma used to do them. True story. Down where Big Oak State Park is right now, back before it was a state park, my dad and grandpa lived down in there, and there's an old shallow lake back in there called Old Grassy. My dad just loved to tell the story. Uh, my dad, I don't think he quite finished seventh grade, you know, but hey, great old farmer, World War II type, you know. He said, me and my pappy went back in Old Grassy one morning before I went to school, and we killed 149 mallards with single-shot shotguns. And wow. I said, what would you do with all them? Oh, we just took them home, threw them on the front porch, and Grandma took care of them. <laughs> <laughs> she had down pillows, and he said, she canned all them ducks. That was our when her meat supply, and she'd fry them and bake them. He said, I've never got so sick anything my whole life. That, <laughs> that was our whole meat su- supply for the winter. Well, folks, we hope you've enjoyed this program as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, we're out there living the dream. And uh, we encourage you to never give up on trying to live your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper. The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, Cowtown, USA, Alps Outdoors, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and the Fly Rod Journals. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper 
an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.